0: Well, good evening. Merry Christmas. Good evening. Merry Christmas. Yes, there we go. Good evening, everyone. It is fantastic to see you. My name is Tim. I work on this staff team at this church here. And we've come to the end of another year, haven't we? It's Christmas time. Mariah Carey has emerged from her cave to sing the only song that we care about that she's done, and other songs that only exclusively talk about the weather are in. Is It Just Me?, Is it now acceptable to drink alcohol every day of the week and to only eat beige food that's been deep fried three times as you waddle your way between the various Christmas parties that you've been invited to? Now, as you look back over this year, what will you remember? As you consider 2018, what events, circumstances, happenings, what comes to mind? Who remembers that this year was the Winter Olympics? Does anyone else like I forgot, I'll be honest. This is a lovely picture. If you want to spend a good 10 minutes laughing, just Google photos of ice skaters caught at high speed when they're upside down. It's wonderful. Um, Maybe, like me, you've forgotten about the Winter Olympics because, you know, the Summer Olympics, well, that's a grand spectacle of sport. Winter Olympics, 48 different kinds of sliding. Not as good. And also, let's face it, Team GEB, we're not as good at it, so we're less likely to make a fuss. I think this year we got one gold and four bronze. And to me, bronze really says a great British kind of medal. You know, thanks for taking part. And uh, this year was the World Cup. Who remembers that? Brilliant times. Um, and England did pretty well, didn't we? Football was coming home until it didn't. Until it didn't. We gathered here as a church. We came together. We watched that final match that England were in. We all sat outside. We had a screen. The mood was good. There was food. There were drinks. There was optimism. And then, and then, things started to take a turn for the worse, didn't they? And it made me realize that when it comes to the English football team especially, the despair I can take, but it is the hope that will kill you. The despair that we will inevitably lose, I can handle, but the hope that we might actually do well. Now that is painful. Hey, but at least Marks and Spencers experienced a boom in waistcoat sales. Fantastic. Thank you, Gareth Southgate. Now, what else happened this year? Well, there was the royal wedding, um, great times. Um, I'm slightly annoyed at uh, Prince Harry, I'll be honest, because he's ruined the TV show suits. But it's okay, I'm delighted for Meghan, so all is well. Uh, this was the year that KFC ran out of chicken. Uh, I guess KFC simply became K, um, so not a uh, not good, not good time for them. Uh, there are also some more obscure events that happened this year. I don't know if anyone remembers this. Uh, there was one London student who discovered a truly gigantic crunchy nut cornflake in his box of cereal. Obviously, this year, I really kept up with the important stuff, you know. Um, uh, Now, this looks to me like something that's fallen from a ceiling. Um, And he was very surprised. But to make it up for him, Kellogg's very generously gave him a four-pound voucher. And if that doesn't say sorry, I don't know what does. Uh, What else? Well, a very baffling YouGov survey revealed that only 66% of 18 to 24-year-olds believe that the world is round. Only, yes, I know, only 66%. Now, it's not that the rest of them are convinced that the earth is flat. It's just that they're open to suggestions. Um, Now, of course, this sounds ridiculous until you realize where the survey happened. And I'm not going to tell you, but I'll give you a clue. It's south of Canada, north of Mexico, begins with A and ends with America. Of course, guys, come on, there's no reason for us to be smug here in the UK. We can barely decide which continent we're in, let alone the shape of the planet. (laughs) Now, of course, I have remembered some stories from this year. I wonder if you would remember the same things. But isn't it possible, actually, for us to go through the same year, the same experience, and remember very different things? In fact, there was one thing this year that perfectly demonstrated. Now, what do you hear when this plays? Okay, that'll do. Hands up who hears Laurel. And hands up who hears Yanni. Fascinating. Does anyone else hear something totally different? Freaks, a lot of like, what what are you hearing? What I enjoy about this kind of thing is that some people will hear Laurel and some people will hear Yanni and they can't possibly conceive that someone else could hear something else. What do you mean, Yanni? You idiot, it's Laurel. It's very possible to hear different things, and it's it's possible to experience the same thing, but see it differently. And in fact, it is the same with the Christmas story. It's possible to view the traditional Christmas story that we've had read in two different ways. You could see it as just a good story, maybe in its important cultural artifact. Or in fact, you could see the traditional Christmas story as the most important birthday in human history that affects not just every one of us here, but everyone who has ever lived and who ever will live. Now, that's a big difference. It really is possible to see the birth of Jesus in two different ways. Now, this is possible in other ways as well. If you see this photo behind me, is this the nativity scene, or is it two T-Rexes fighting over a watermelon? Can we see it? Just in case you can't, I've colored in the dinosaurs. The birth of our Lord and Saviour or an epic fight to the death, you decide. How we see this Christmas story makes all the difference in the world. We hear these words in the reading that we just had. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. This is a simple story of a girl no more than 15, giving birth to a baby boy. But who that baby was has the power to change your life. You see, the Christian claim is that particular Palestinian baby was God, the creator of everything, the one who holds everything, being held in the arms of an exhausted teenager, the one who exists beyond time, the beginning and the end, having a birthday. The one who sovereignly controls all things, unable to control his own head or even his own bladder. God became human. The way that the Bible puts this is from our very first reading we had as our service started tonight. It says the Word became flesh. And this is so particular. A baby boy called Jesus was born under King Herod in Bethlehem. And that's as particular as saying that a baby called Kevin was born under Theresa May in somewhere awful, like Reading, you know? Sorry, if you're from Reading, I am sorry. In every sense of that word, I suppose. <laughs> Take this picture of Winston Brindley Hayes. Adorable, adorable. This is the son of Ben, who is leading our songs tonight. Adorable. What I'm saying, what the Christian claim is here, is that God became just like this. Of course, dressed in swaddling cloths and not a bare seat. But God became just like that. And if that's actually true, if that's actually true and the Christmas story is real, then that is the most important birth in history. And that's important as we gather here tonight, because even as I've recounted some joyful things and some funny things from the past year, as we've come here tonight, as the people gathered here tonight, we'll have experienced 2018 very differently. Some of us will have thrived, but actually some of us will have only survived. In fact, some of us, you might be here tonight, and either for yourself or for someone you know, it's been a hell of a year. We live complex and messy lives. But of course, in this time we live in, in 2018, we don't just have the complexity of our own lives, but the complexity of our political and social climate. We live in a turbulent time, don't we, where stories of joy and hope and whimsy and gigantic crunchy nut cornflakes exist alongside tales of terror, injustice, atrocity. And actually, we're in a a cultural climate that's so... So full of tension, I think we can feel it. And people are reacting against it strongly. This is well captured, I think, by the band The 1975. They've just released a new album. And they have a recent single on it called Love It If We Made It. And it's a very political song. It covers everything from social media addiction to social media echo chambers to the refugee crisis in the Middle East to sexual allegations against Donald Trump. And it repeats this particular line. It says, modernity has failed us. And the lead singer, a guy called Matt Healy, said that he wrote the song by adding to this list every time he got angry at something in the news. And guess what? That song is full of anger. And so he wrote, modernity has failed us. And I wonder if that image, that idea, that captures the tension of the time that we live in, where on one hand we see the potential and the promise of humanity when we come together, But also, we see the ways we don't live up to what could be and what should be as yet another allegation stirs in the news. That tension is there. But how is it resolved? Well, Matt Healy, that songwriter, said this when interviewed about his song. He said the answer to everything in our lives and the lives of others is this. We have to just, like, really love each other. And if you don't, just try. Because on a mechanistic level, if you don't want to die in a fire you have to be nice. And I wonder if, like me, you kind of agree and also just find that a bit unsatisfactory. In response to everything we see in the news, everything we see in our nation, good and bad, just be nice. Let me suggest that the Christian claim is far more profound. But it might seem obvious, might not seem obvious. The Christian claim is that solution, the answer, the hope, for all of humanity's brokenness and complexity and sorrow and joy is a baby born 2,000 years ago and placed in a manger. The hope of all humanity is Jesus Christ. But not just because Jesus first called us to love our neighbor. Matt Healy is, in fact, unwittingly repeating what Jesus said, to love your your neighbor as yourself. The hope of all humanity is Jesus, not because he calls us just to first love each other, but because in love, God sent Jesus to heal broken humanity, to end all injustice, to free the captive, to bind up the brokenhearted, and to bring light to all of those in darkness. He came for you and me. You see, just as there are two ways to see Christmas, there are two ways to see humanity. On one hand, we're made in the image of God. Every human life is valuable. It is special. There is something amazing about us, we have capacity for love, for generosity, for compassion, for creativity, for logic, for acts of huge courage and acts of huge character. In fact, I think at Christmas, that best can be brought out of us. But on the other hand, we know that humanity is capable of what the Bible calls sin, of great injustice, of horrendous acts. But also, things easier to hide behind middle-class politeness, selfishness, greed, untruths. And because of this, on our own, the Christian claim is that we're separated separated from God. And this is at the very heart of the complexity of life, made by God, yet separated from him. On our own, separated from the giver of life. But God came in Jesus to make an end of separation and demonstrated his perfect love. God came as a baby because he neither wanted nor to control nor abandon the world, but instead share its pain and sacrificially love it to wholeness. You see, the baby boy of the Christmas story would live a perfect life and die a horrendous death on a cross outside Jerusalem. And the Bible says that on that cross, God made Jesus to be sin, the very things that all humanity has done. So that now for all who will trust in Jesus and believe who he was, who he said he was, and repent of their sin, God's promise is that he will bring new life, new hope, the hope of heaven. All humanity can be restored in Jesus through what he has done. And therefore, this is why I say of the nativity scene, this traditional Christmas story, if it is not just another nice Christmas story, but if it is in fact true then it is the most important birth in history. In fact, it is the hinge of history and the hope of humanity. I wonder how you respond to this. Maybe you're like that lead singer, Matt Healy. Let me quote him again for you. He said this. He said, I want salvation just as much as the next person. I envy the faithful. If there's anybody who's got some good evidence on this God stuff, give it to me because now is the time. I'll eat it up. In January, we run something called the Alpha course. And over eight weeks, it's a chance to explore the big claims of life. Maybe like me, the time that you only really get to talk about the big things of life is after a few drinks with your mates down the pub. We actually get a chance to discuss Christian claims, big questions, the claims that I've been making tonight. And can I encourage you, if anything has stirred you tonight, as you sing these songs and feel something stirring in you, if you've heard me speak, come along to Alpha. We'd love to have you. It's really chilled out. There's no charge, there's no follow-up. We would love to see you there. It starts in January. If you want even some good evidence, as Matt Healy said, come along in the new year. This is the subversive hope of Christmas. That God came as Jesus and went to infinite lengths to bring healing and hope for all humanity. Do what you can to get close to him. Shall we briefly pray? Lord God, we thank you for the joys of life, the highs of life, but we recognize there are also lows, and thank you that you have met us right where we're at, that you came as Jesus Christ, and I pray that you'd help us respond to all that you have done. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the hope for all humanity. Amen.